Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday night prayer time together tonight. It is the 17th of February, and we're here praying together and seeking God's wisdom upon our lives. So welcome. Glad that you're joining us tonight. I wanted to start with some announcements to make sure that we're on the same page as a church family. But this coming week, uh, we have the Saturday, we have food distribution. So if you'd like to be part of that, handing boxes out to folks that are in need, come to church around 10 o'clock and you'll be able to be used in our ministry to be able to hand people uh, boxes of food. If you want to come a little early, give me a call specifically and I can help you get you to the Baptist Center. But we're going to be just uh, being able to distribution of the, the boxes will take place here at the church around 10, 1030. So come at 10 o'clock and be part of that ministry if you'd like to. Next week, following week, is Family Promise Week, and so we're actually asking for donations uh, to take in to be able to go and provide food for those families that are in need, that are uh, getting off the streets, and that the Family Promise is providing a place to stay. Our job as a church is to provide them food, and so we are going to take up some money to be able to go and buy some takeout for them and take it to the place they're staying with at Family Promise. Also, uh, we have a major cleanup day of the church, uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And again, that's going to be at 1030. So if you'd like to participate in painting or just taking things out of the trash can, doing some cleanup around the church in, in general, um, we would love to have you to participate in that day. So that's going to be on the docket here in just a few weeks. And this coming Sunday is our Pregnancy Resource Center uh, time that we celebrate, that we, we, we celebrate life. And so we're celebrating with Pregnancy Resource Center as they help young ladies and also uh, the young men that's with those young ladies talk about saving that life in the womb and keeping that life and letting it see a, a life here on earth and living it out. And so we're going to be supporting them this coming Sunday morning. And so I'd like to talk to us also that this coming Sunday night is our time of our solemn assembly of fasting and prayer. And we've been fasting and praying all week, uh, all month long. February is our month of fasting and praying. And we've been using this book, Returning to Holiness. And this is just a really good guide that looks at sins in our own lives and how we need to get some things out of our own life to get us closer to God and, and closer to the Lord in His uh, purpose and, and what He wants to do in our lives and how He wants us to be able to go out and change our world for the glory of God. It really starts with our own hearts being purified cleaned out so our hearts are alive and uh, in tracking with the Lord in order that we might go out and make a difference to the world around us. And so with that said, this is a very important time for us this coming Sunday afternoon where we assemble ourselves together in the sanctuary. We spread out. We're going to have two weeks of this. It's kind of different than we've done before. The first week is going to primarily focus on us corporately as a church, about getting things out of our church and our own church lives so it helps us be more in tune with the Lord. And then the following week, we're going to be looking at us individually as people and making sure that we as people are, are as clean as we can be, uh, you know, confessing the things we need to confess and making sure that we are tracking as close as we can to God again. And so these are important times for all of us. I believe that revival uh, is the key to societal change. Revival starts in the churches. And then awakening takes place when God's people are alive and awakened in revival they go out and start sharing their faith and the whole community gets to feel that goodness and God begins to move among the community because his church is alive again and his church is doing a part of the global mission that God's called them to. So I'm just going to take a few moments tonight and and just uh, share with you a portion from the book that we've been reading and make some references to some scriptures that it actually uh, basically points out to us and I'm going to go in a little bit more greater detail for each and every one of us tonight. 
Also, at the very end of this, we're going to pray together just for us to be close to God and then also for some other prayer requests that's very vital for our church family. But in, in the uh, kind of last part of this book, one of the, one of the categories of cleansing is sins of self-rule and self-reliance. And here's what the author says. Of all the categories, this one may require the most discernment and revelation from God. In this section, we consider subtle ways the old nature remains undetected and very much alive in key areas of one's heart. Beyond question, many believers have uncrucified areas of self that seriously hinders the flow of Christ through their life. This is primary reason many cannot find the victory God has so clearly promised. Through Though some of these principles may seem advanced, they actually represent the foundation of walking with Christ. Before proceeding, it will be helpful to define our use of two basic terms. Here they are, the flesh. In this section, I use the term flesh in the same sense as Paul did in Galatians 5, 17 and 20. And so I'll read that to you. In, Psalm, in Galatians 5, uh, 17 and 20, we find these words. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, intimacy, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, godliness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so there's an idea that there is a part of us that still wants to do things that are not pleasing to God. And the Bible equates it's like the flesh. It's the part that wants to still do the things that God doesn't want us to do. Uh, things are not good for us. Things that does not bring any profit to us as beings. Uh, but the Spirit is we're led by the Holy Spirit, listening to God, in tune with God, and we're crucifying those things that are not of the Lord and we're, we're getting uh, able to conquer over those because the Lord is working in us and through us. We're no longer slaves to those, but we sometimes will let those creep back in if we're not able to continue to be led by the Spirit and crucifying those things daily and clinging to the promises in the ways of the Lord. So not letting the, the carnal part of us, the, the, the fleshly part, and with some of our ideas, the, the, the terminology is the not just the bodily part, but this, this thing, the corrupt nature of us, uh, went out over the spiritual-led nature that we have now received by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand that we need to be led by the Lord and not be led by our own sinful desires or the things of the world. We don't have to be uh, imprisoned to those no longer because we are more than conquer, uh, conquerors because we are in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us we can conquer over those things because we are in Christ Jesus. So here the understanding is that there's things in our life we always got to make checkups in our life saying, what things in my life am I still holding on to? Uh, carnal ways instead of the ways of the Lord. Do I have anger issues? Do I have uh, thoughts and things that are not of the Lord? 
do I dabble in things I shouldn't dabble with? It shouldn't belong to a believer Christian. Uh, we got to realize that those are things like jealousy and 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 intimacy and strife and sorcery, all that stuff, adultery, all that things needs to be crucified daily, and we need to be tracking with the Lord and be led by the Spirit. And so there's the other concept of this too: dying to self. Uh, I refer to the author says I refer to Jesus' statement in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. So I'm going to go there with you. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 25, it says these words. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And he goes on to say, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And so the whole idea is that we are called to jettison the things that we desire and focus on the things that God's desire. Now, here's the cool about this. It's kind of a paradox, right? We think, well, if we, we jettison things that we desire in our carnal flesh and we only do what God desires, we'll be unhappy. No, really, we won't because we were formed and made to glorify God. And when we begin to do what God wants us to do, joy begins to be there because we're not trapped by these other things. We're not entangled by those things that are corrupted for our life and doesn't give us any value. It destroys us from inside out. Uh, our souls rejoice when we're tracking with God, and so we find great joy when we align ourselves to God. So when we deny that fleshly self, when we deny our, our, that, that part, that the corrupt self that wants to drag us back into things we don't want to be a part of, or we might want to be a part of it, it's not healthy for us. And we say, that's not good. I've seen God's word that that's not good. I want to live for Christ. And I want to get my heart and mind focused on him so I can begin to track with him and feel the joy of living my life daily for him. So there's a concept here that we must be willing to choose to deny the things that are not of the Lord and, and embrace the things of the Lord. Here's what the author says real quick. As God sanctifies you in holiness, he will lead you through an ever-deepening process of death to self and life to him. If you don't understand the biblical principles of surrender, you may become confused by necessary times of brokenness, which God allows. Without ever knowing it, you may start resisting the very method by which God brings you into holiness and spiritual power. Ask God for discernment as you consider three crucial principles of victory over sin and self. That's a great point. Sometimes we want to know why we're going through a situation, and maybe it's a situation God's putting us through to help get some things out of our life and help deepen us as believers, help us be able to depend upon Him more, help us understand how to live by faith and not by sight. But if we don't understand that there's always a process of sanctification, a process of, of God working on us and purifying us, and the Bible also talks about how maybe being in, in like a silver being refined, that we're putting this, this cauldron and, and it's, the heat is brought up and there's intensity and then all the impurities come to the top and then and it's pulled away and sifted off to make sure that there's clear looking pure silver there. The same idea is for us. God is working on us to make us more pure, more holy, uh, more in tune with him. And so if we don't recognize that there's always a process going on, we might resent the times he's actually putting us into that mold of that pressure to get some of that stuff out of our life and not embracing that it could be for our own good. So in Matthew chapter 16, 24 and 25, it says these words, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Okay, I read before. So we need to understand that it, it might not be easy. Cross bearing might not be easy. 
but we are called to deny ourselves, take up the mantle of living for Christ, realize that the world persecuted Christ, so they'll persecute us. But there is so much more to the Christian life than just the persecution that takes place here. We've been promised so much more, a relationship with God forevermore. And there's great joy, even in the midst of persecution, when you know that you're being loved by the living God who created the heavens and the earth. And so I want to also read Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that then henceforth we should not serve sin. And so the whole concept I'm talking about is that we as believers should realize that there's a daily crucifying herself, daily denying herself, trying to become more holy. It's, call, it's the call for all believers. We are called to become more like Christ and become more like Christ to become more holy every day. And holiness begins by sin being asked to be taken out of our life. Uh, asking the Lord, please remove this sin from me and, and having a good self uh, evaluation of who you are and what you're doing before the Lord and what is God pleased with and what does God say is not a good way to live and being honest with this and, and asking God to forgive us. And it's not to make us feel bad or beat us down, but it's to free us and make us feel alive because the things that's pulling us down is, or we feel like we need sometimes is the things that are pulling us down, the things that are entrapping us. The, the Bible says clearly, don't dabble in this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I'm going to finish with these last two paragraphs. For all believers, there will be many points we must choose God's will and way over our own. Our flesh and natural desires may clamor for one course of action, yet we know God's wills another. Only as you choose to deny self and by faith obey God will you know his glorious power. But do not despair. The Christ within gives you the ability to die to self. When you were saved, you entered into the victory of his, his death and resurrection. Jesus has already secured your complete death to self and your new life of power through him. However, if you obey self rather than God, you immediately lose the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that we are called and saved and redeemed when we give our life to Christ, but to feel the true, beautiful life of living for Christ, we need to take care of the things in our life that will weigh us down and trap us. We've seen the scripture that talks about running a race, right? We're called to run a race and, and not get trapped by those things. And the way you don't get trapped is confession and getting them out and letting the Lord clear the path so you can run a great, uh, great life with him. So that's my heart today. Run a great life with Christ and do not let sin trap you. With that said, I'd like to pray for all of us. Uh, there are some things to pray about for our church. We are entering in a time that we're really believing God's going to bless us and helping other churches be revitalized and restored. We're looking at helping other churches do that. And so pray for us and wisdom here that God helps us be able to work with other churches to help come alongside them, be their partners, or maybe they'll come be a part of what we're doing here as well, but uh, be able to use the place where they're at as a, a place of uh, evangelism and a new reach point for their, that, that community. And helping come alongside, making sure God's kingdom is expanding throughout this area and the world. Also pray for us. We continue to do ministry during this time that's so tricky. And, and God has called us to be diligent about what we do and how we serve people. And so we, we ask your prayer upon our church for that. Also pray for this upcoming week of fasting and prayer that we've been in. But also this solemn assembly day that we come together and pray before God together as a congregation. And then pray for those in need as well. We have a, a lot of people still hurting. Pray for Wilma. Gilbert and Eddie as they continue to go through this time of need. 
Uh, also pray for all those who have lost loved ones the last few weeks and pray for Carolyn Sloan as she uh, is still recovering at home as well and, and Randy. All that said, there's so many more to pray for. Continue to pray for one another. And I love you guys. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. Help us, dear Lord, to always depend upon you. Uh, always seek you. Always long to be purified in our hearts and minds that we're living each day according to your will, not our own selfish desires. Father, help us as a church. Lord, forgive us, dear Lord, if we have failed you in this. And dear Lord, help us, dear Lord, as people here to live lives that are holy and pleasing to you. Father, we also want to pray that you will be gracious to us as a church that we help other churches revitalize, uh, help other churches uh, feel the presence of brothers and sisters in faith come alongside of them and help them get the kingdom message out to this world. Father, also help all the ones that we just listened, mentioned earlier tonight that, dear Lord, you'll help them and all the needs they have from uh, grieving to healing their bodies, dear Lord, to just letting them feel your presence. Father, we love you and thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great night. Hope to see you this Sunday. Take care.